Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ben, come on, we're late. Oh, my God. Hold on. I'm what? texting somebody. Oh, there we go. Uh, there we uh, go. Hold on. Yeah, I want pizza for dinner. If you're All texting right. to get pizza right before the show, <laughs> we need to have a meeting, sir. You're getting a little too chill up in that basement. Or attic, wherever the hell you are. Pizza counts, okay? Dude, you know it's snowing outside? Yes, it is. It is a snowy, oh, a snowy Friday afternoon. A snowy night in Georgia. Snowy night in Georgia. Oh, you lucky listeners. Two songs of the day right off the top. All right, uh, your Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, January 8th is moments away. But before we do this, let's thank our sponsors. Hey, how about this? This is new. SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana. They are sponsors of the program. I don't have any script or anything like that, but they are sponsors and script soon to come. All right. Shout out to SEIU. Oh, and and Ben, you got that mute button down, buddy. That's good. You guys heard that brown line, but now it's gone because Ben hit that mute button. Way to be, buddy. Way to be, buddy boy. I'm just Mr. Tech. Well, let's not go that far. Just want to let everybody know the reason we're, we're late is that Dennis, the guy is really nice he really proved his millennial self today he led me through the settings of my computer which it was like a millennial leading a boomer come on out come on grandpa it's not so bad i'm scared we're getting there today we ben figured out how to turn the volume up and down on his headphones Next up, that microphone he's got. We will get there. <laughs> oh, what a show. Uh, it's just the two of us, ladies and gentlemen. Just me and the day. But me hey, SEIU, hey, this is awesome stuff, all right? Thank you for sponsoring. You won't regret it, all right? Thank you. Also, the Chicago Reader. Check out chicagoreader.com. Ben writes a column every week there. I'm yes, I do. I'm sure a lot of you knew that, but <laughs> it's every week. Go check it out. ChicagoReader.com for all things to know in the city of Chicago. Thank you to Chicago Reader for hosting the Ben Jarofsky Show. And today's Ben Jarofsky Show is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. It is Friday. It is snowing. Your song of the day has nothing to do with snow. Mm. It comes from Frank. A little bit country, a little bit rock and roll by Donnie and Marie Osmond. Uh, the name of the song is a little bit country, a little bit rock and roll. You know, I'm a little bit country. I'm a little bit uh, rock and roll. You know, I'm why don't you sing it? You do it better than I do. It's called the uh, Ben Jarofsky Show, my friend. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Train going by. Uh, I don't know that song, so I'll just sing a, a different song by uh, the Osmonds. One bad apple don't spoil the whole bunch, girl. Come on, D. Oh, give me one more chance. Woo, yeah. <laughs> Ew. Ew. <laughs> The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. It is Friday, January 8th, and live from my apartment and his attic, 
This is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Ben, what are you doing? Today on the program, it's another Romana Rundown with Chicago Sun-Times editor, Romana Hussein. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello everybody, Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Crybaby Holly Friday, and here's why. Republicans followed up Wednesday's insurrection by doing what they do best, crying like the little babies that they are. Wah, wah, wah. Just to remind you, Wednesday's insurrection was when the howling mob of mega men and women fired up by Donald Trump's speech stormed the Capitol, surged past the police, broke those doors, smashed windows, wandered through the Senate hall, took over Nancy Pelosi's office, sat in her chair, put their feet on her desk, chased a cop down a hallway, carried Confederate flags through the Capitol, replaced the American flag with the Trump flag, and put their mega cap on Gerald Ford's head. That's just... A small recitation of what they did on Wednesday, disgracing the country and their movement and themselves. Now, in the aftermath, the leaders of the Republican Party, many of them, spent about, I don't know, five minutes pretending they really felt bad about what went down, even though they'd spent the last five years enabling it. And then after that five minutes of reflection, They did what they do best, try to figure out how they can make themselves the victims. Like, oh, those mean liberals are picking on us again. I'll tell you what, there is no group of people in the world who can either storm the White House or incite other people to storm the White House and then walk away without getting thrown into jail and wind up feeling sorry for themselves. We're going to hear much more about this from Ramana Hussein today, I can tell you that. Anyway, back to uh, one of the chief instigators, Senator Josh Hawley, Republican from Missouri. I know you uh, listeners know this. He was the one who seconded the motion to challenge the official certification of Joe Biden as the winner of the election, particularly in the state of Pennsylvania. He did so on the grounds of some made up BS that was fantasized by Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani, and it had no relationship to reality whatsoever. And he did so primarily because he's an exceedingly ambitious young man. And he's figured the best way to get ahead in the world, to maybe become president someday, is to seize the allegiance of MAGA right now. As I always tell you, folks, MAGA controls the Republican Party and Trump controls MAGA. But Trump won't be around forever. And so Josh Hawley has to put himself at the head of the line. The head of the line to win over MAGA when Trump is gone. So he's like a little kid, uh, you know, in the Donald Trump's classroom, little goody, goody, polishing the apple for teacher Donnie, jumping up and down. Pick on me, pick on me. I got my hand in the air. Yeah, it's real tough guy. Before uh, the uh, meeting, uh, before the Senate gathered to discuss certifying the election, Hawley's the one who raised his fist in solidarity to the protesters. The insurrectionists were gathering at the Capitol. And then after the insurrectionists did their insurrection and made the Republican Party look bad, he got all sober and somber that night and just, you know, pretended like he had done some deep soul searching. And like it really pained him that the people he was egging on actually did what he was egging them on to do. What a phony. By the way, can't you say something, D? I finally got around to listening to Donald Trump's speech. Uh, It was 
took me a while. You know, I was preoccupied with a lot. Of but last night, I took a deep dive. A little embarrassed. This. I was up for like an hour listening to Trump's speech, listening to the uh, baby Donnie Trump Jr. speech, listening to watching some of the footage of the insurrectionists, this, that, and the other thing. Here's the thing about Donnie Trump. He was like, I'm going to march with you to the Capitol. He said it. he was going to march with them, and then he didn't go. He just stayed back at the White House and watched the whole thing on the boob tube. Just one more broken promise, MAGA. Anyway, back to Josh Hawley. Had a book deal with Simon & Schuster to write his memoir. I believe the title of the book D is, I'm a douchebag and here's why. Uh, just kidding, that's not real title of the book, but oh, I'm sure that's I was just of, Googling <laughs> it. I'm sure that's just sort of the, you know, kind of sums it all up. Anyway, yeah, he was going to write a, a, a book about how big tech is so mean. <laughs> big tech is so mean because what? Twitter enabled Donald Trump to become president of the United States. That's why they're so mean. That's the other thing. Republicans use big tech to get what they want. Then they cry that big tech is mean to them. So big tech bows over backward, bent over backward to accommodate the Republicans. And then Republicans still cry about big tech. I got to admit, the Republicans are pretty good at playing this game. Anyways. In the aftermath of Wednesday's insurrection, Simon & Schuster pulled the plug. They wrote, quote, we do not come to this decision lightly. As a publisher, it will always be our mission to amplify a variety of voices and viewpoints, even if they're batshit crazy. They didn't really say that. At the same time, we take seriously our larger public responsibility as citizens and cannot support Senator Hawley after his role and what became a dangerous threat, end of quote. And in the aftermath of having Simon & Schuster pull the plug on their deal, Hawley did what MAGA does best, cried like a baby. And here's his quote. This could not be more Orwellian. <laughs> Simon & Schuster is canceling my contract because I was representing my constituents, leading a debate on the Senate floor on voter integrity, which they have now decided to redefine as sedition. No, they're canceling your contract because you were helping to incite the sedition. And maybe they were just canceling their contract because they just think it's not a good idea to align themselves with wingnuts like you. How about that? And they have the right to do that. I'm sure there's language in the contract that protects them. Their rights, they got rights too, that protects them. Like if you do something really stupid that embarrasses them, they cut the cord. Like if they had a contract with somebody to do uh, advertising for them and that person got arrested for drunk driving, they would cut the cord. Now, that was just an example I threw out. What's worse, drunk driving or leading an insurrection at the Capitol? Hmm, got to think about that. Either way, Simon & Schuster is perfectly within the rights to sever that contract. By the way, Holly goes, we'll see you in court. And then in the other statement, Simon & Schuster said it was confident. It was acting within his contractual rights. What a baby. He's going to file a lawsuit because his feelings got hurt. You know, I didn't hear Josh Hawley standing up for the First Amendment when Colin Kaepernick got blacklisted from the NFL. But you know MAGA's rule, First Amendment for me, but not for thee. Look, Hawley, you have a First Amendment protected right to spin stupid fantasies about stolen elections and stupid stuff on the floor of the Senate. And Simon Schuster has a First Amendment right to say, beat it, pal. 
We got a great show today, everybody. Ramana Hussein from the Chicago Sun-Times, editor, columnist. She is fired up, D. I called her uh, about hour before the show just to run down uh, what we're going to talk about. And she just took off at a riff. I'm like, slow down, Ramana. Save it for the show. Save it for the show. Anyway, she'll be talking about what went down Wednesday and double standards and just the horror of it all. Uh, and that will do Ramana recommendations, all good stuff. But before we do that, the young man from all, the man that Josh Hawley calls Dr. D with the news. How's it going, everybody? Uh, ben, we got an email recently, uh, and I was wondering the same thing. Uh, oh. The question was, uh, hey, it was from Samantha, and she asked, what happened to White Lightning? <laughs> Kind of curious. You stopped calling me White Lightning. I was getting used to it. I, I have business cards already, Dennis. White Lightning. You know I got to bring White Lightning back. I apologize, Samantha. I truly do. I just love the alliteration of Dr. D. And, and you, for that matter, what happened to Dr. Doobie? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I mean, ultimately, why aren't you calling me Dennis? But, I mean, like, White Lightning... <laughs> Well, you know, I kind of like White Lightning, and I owe Gary Owen White Lightning. (laughs) He's a funny guy, man. Uh, All right, I'm going to bring back White Lightning, uh, Samantha, and Dr. Doobie. Uh, Dennis is so boring. Oh, thanks. Thanks, as I prepare to read all this news I wrote today. All right, what a shot to the arm there. Well, no, uh, you know, I mean. Dennis is boring. (laughs) <laughs> no, not you're not boring. They're just mm. calling you Dennis as opposed to Dr. Doobie. For that matter, what happened to Dr. Dog? Oh, wait, you were never Dr. Dog. And that's a bad but, nickname, Dr. Dog. <laughs> two nouns. I don't know why I came up with that one. Uh, but White Lightning is an excellent nickname, and uh, it always got a big kick out of it. You know, White Lightning, it, I used to uh, use that one in the studio all the time, uh, Samantha, because... You had to see it. Dennis knows what I'm talking about. You had to see it. We, we have a guest in the studio, and I would go in and say, and then whatever the guest's name is, Billy, and as Billy Bob will tell you, back home in Alton, they call him White Lightning, and invariably the guest would start laughing. <laughs> uh, just, I don't know, they thought it was funny. So I really was encouraged by that to uh, continue to call him White Lightning. And since we've left our beloved little studio, uh, and uh, I guess it just slipped my mind, but I'll bring it back. Well, remember it for the end of the show. Remember it for the end of the show. All right, I wrote it down. Got it. White lightning. Hold on. White lightning. White lightning. Got it. Hey there. Dennis here. (laughs) A lot to get to today, all right? But before we find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois for the fourth and final time this week, and by the way, I hope to God we can move on from the D.C. douchebag demolition derby on Wednesday. But hey, we need to talk about this weekend's Benny J bonus interviews available this weekend at chicagoreader.com and wherever else you download podcasts. Here's this weekend's lineup. On Saturday, it's the long-awaited return of the Illinois political know-it-alls Jacob Kaplan and Dan Pogoshelsky. Ben, why'd you book these fellers? What are you going to talk about? Politics, 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 politics. Perfect. That's all you need to know. The deep dive from three political geeks will be doing the deep dive on politics. Uh, And Jacob and I, Jacob, executive director of the uh, Cook County Democratic Party, we were uh, texting on Tuesday night when Georgia results were coming in. Uh, We were breaking down that election. And uh, so we'll probably do some Georgia talk. 
we'll do some uh, insurrection talk. We haven't, I haven't, obviously, haven't done the interview with him yet. Um, and uh, you know, uh, like, are we gonna get rid? Of, I got my phone out here, D, for the updates. Yeah, I've learned that lesson from Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> but excuse me, from Wednesday. Wednesday. But. Uh, uh, so we'll probably be talking about the pros and cons of uh, impeachment. All political talk with the uh, the know-it-alls who know a lot about politics. All right. That's going to be Saturday, tomorrow, available by 5 a.m. on to Sunday. Well, we're going to break the fourth wall a little bit here. Ben, watch out. <laughs> well, two things. I know you got that phone, and before the show, you were trying to order a pizza. Don't order a pizza while we're doing the show. Uh, and second, we had an interview scheduled for a bonus interview, but then all hell broke loose on Wednesday. And we figured, eh, not the best of times to uh, talk about anything except that. So uh, we had to postpone our interview with Leonard Goodman. Yes. That's going to be coming up later on in the month. Do not worry. So we've decided on Sunday to repost a fantastic interview that we had this week with former NBA superstar Al Harrington. Turns out Al Harrington... He's in the legal reefer game, and Ben talked with him about it. And way to go, Ben, by the way, for those who haven't listened to this yet. Ben, way to go. I'm so proud of you. You didn't <laughs> geek out about basketball. Yeah, I, I didn't geek out about basketball. Oh, I, I was so uh, geeking out about reefer. Uh, it was a really great interview with Al Arrington. Interesting. The opening of it is um, it's quite a riff. He talks about uh, how he got into the reefer game uh and it has to do with his grandmother i don't want to give too much of it away but it's a pretty funny riff uh and uh so yeah i really enjoyed that interview a lot and leonard goodman it's a big a favorite among our listeners we had it all it all set up uh, for him to be interviewed absolutely correct i mean that was wednesday that's just I don't mind breaking the fourth wall because it's it was so real yeah and i remember after after the show because uh, I didn't know, as I've said before, what was really going on because I wasn't watching. I was having an interview with Monroe. And after the show, I called Dennis. And we're talking about it. He goes, you won't believe this stuff. you got to see this to believe it. And I started watching. I go, oh, my God. I There's no way I can just pretend that this is not going on while I interview Leonard Goodman. <laughs> yeah. So it drops uh, four days later. Who knows where this is going to lead? You know what I mean? It's like it's a very scary moment uh, to watch the uh, capital be uh, overrun by MAGA lovers, Nazi lovers, Confederate flag wavers, really scary stuff. So I just said, you know what, let's, let's just take a little break, take a deep breath and process this and deal with it later. So uh, Leonard was a really good sport and we're going to bring him uh, back, I guess, next week. And we'll have a I'm sure he'll have a lot to say about went down on Wednesday right. and uh, take it from there. And because of all that, once again, our interview with Al Harrington kind of seemed to got lost in the shuffle. So we're going to repost that on Sunday. Please go check it out. Great interview uh, available by 5 a.m. I would say uh, it. Well, it is. It's also an early candidate for interview of the year on the Ben Jarofsky show, our interview with Al Harrington. But. On to Monday's yeah. Benny J bonus interview, uh, yeah, taking yeah. a strong lead uh, as interview of the year for the Ben Jarofsky show in 2021. 20th Ward Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor was awesome. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, it was a fantastic interview with Jeanette Taylor. Ben, tell everybody a little bit about it. She brought the A game. <laughs> oh, man, did she? Uh, I mean, she just brought the A game. You know, JT brings it usually. I can't even get the words out. Uh, 
Al Harrington was like a great interview, just a conversation, a guy, you know, like explaining where, well, how he got to this stage of his life. And, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of a chill interview. I mean, it was all about reefer. It was like all of us had smoked, uh, before we did the interview. Uh, and, uh, the, the, Jeanette Taylor was just fired up. And um, we discussed what went down in Washington with the insurrection. Uh, she talked passionately about the double standards uh, and how law enforcement treats black and white protesters. And then we just went to uh, the whole issue of reopening the schools, Lori Lightfoot. And she was just, everything she had to say was powerful. It's just classic Jeanette Taylor from her heart, just speaks from her heart, doesn't hold back in any way. Doesn't you know how some politicians D they they just they're always spinning it a little bit, you know, and JT doesn't spin, you know, she just tells you how she feels and she's very honest. She goes, I know there's people already running against me. If they beat me, they beat me. But I'm not coming in I didn't come into office to soft sell this stuff and just great stuff. And then at the end as a bonus little Stevie Wonder sing along. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. As a bonus <laughs> as if it wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Like I, listeners are like, what the hell? That was I wasn't expecting that. But uh, oh, and also here's a little inside joke. You'll get it when you go listen to it. Take a seat. In fact, take several seats and download our interview with Jeanette Taylor. She said that quite a bit in the interview. That was the yes, that was the joke. Uh, yeah, and uh, the thing about uh, Stevie Wonder and Jeanette Taylor, I always get a kick out of it because I love Stevie Wonder. It's probably my. Uh, favorite performer of all time, uh, favorite musician. And so like anytime anything's bad going on in the world, I find myself listening to Stevie Wonder. So I've been listening to him a lot lately. I do the dishes, I'm listening to Stevie Wonder. And I was just so um, surprised, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but that Jeanette, I mean, Jeanette Taylor's considerably younger than me and she loves him too. So it's something we share. So we just, I go, Jeanette, we can't end this conversation. You know, it's so gloom and doomy and let's talk Stevie Wonder. One thing led to another. We were singing songs and everything. <laughs> it got crazy. It got real. So real, in fact. I think Jeanette may have called Ben a douchebag. I'm just kidding. That didn't happen. It's this weekend's Benny J bonus interviews at chicagoreader.com or wherever you download podcasts. Check them out. Subscribe. Okay, local news. Let's do it. We begin in Chicago, and we begin with Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Thank God. Huh? Science is back, baby. <laughs> I forgot that one day. Now, before, did she say that? Wait, wait, what oh, that some again? silly commercial about uh, science being back because Trump lost. Yeah, science being back, but Trump lost. And she throws science out the window and says, get back in those classrooms. <laughs> now, before Ben even thought about waking up, at 9 a.m. this morning, Mayor Lightfoot was at the CPS offices for an update on school openings. Ben, I have six audio clips to play from this update. I will play each one. And you tell us what you think, huh? How's that sound? All right, and this is total improv. Not heard these audio clips at all. I, of course, was not up at 9 a.m. to hear them. I just want to say one thing, D. What? I know Lori Lightfoot and her, and her uh, supporters are very proud that she got up so early. 
I'm just saying one. If the, if it's all about getting up early, Troy Lavier and SDG were up at 6:30 for their press conference and nicely that? dressed. I was like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't do that. <laughs> when I woke up at the ungodly early hour for me of 10 10 o'clock, I was like, oh my god, this thing's four hours old. Anyway. So I have six audio clips to play from this update. Uh, Now remember, the task at hand for the mayor, convince parents, teachers, and school staff that it is in fact safe for students, parents, teachers, and staff to return to the classroom. Even though COVID-19 cases in Illinois just surpassed 1 million, and even though the Chicago Teachers Union are insisting they heed the old mayor, but ironically the same mayor's advice from last year by (laughs) staying home and saving lives until our nationwide pandemic settles down a bit. Okay, so six clips from Mayor Lightfoot's press conference. Let's see if we can get through all of them. Uh, Jay Marie on the live stream chat. Please stay with us today, okay? Don't tune out. Let's get going here. Here's the first clip I have from the CPS briefing from the mayor. But it has also created an opportunity for us to come together and find sustainable solutions to the challenges that we face, that we have not faced for decades, but are now front and center, that the pandemic has exposed. One of these challenges has been finding a way to ensure that every single child in our city, our city's heart and soul, has what they need to be able to thrive in a vibrant, safe, and nurturing environment, and do that while advancing their educational rights. And I say rights, because that's what I believe. Education is absolutely the great equalizer. I am a testament to that truth. And I want that opportunity for all of our children, regardless of their circumstances, zip code, so that's how we started it off. Ben, your thoughts? Well, this is uh, their talking point, and uh, this is, <laughs> um, I just don't know whether to laugh or cry. Uh, which is what, just how, when was that teacher strike over the issue of uh, guaranteeing that nurses be hired in the school, uh, more staffing in the schools? Remember that? Yeah. Shut up and go back into the classroom. Remember that? Take your money and go back to work. Don't worry about nurses. Don't worry about librarians. Don't worry about computers. All right. It only it's just the notion that they're going to address the inequality that's existed for this entire I I said this century. Let's go back to last century. You're going to you're going to uh, entertain it finally now in the middle of a pandemic. Okay, you know, just to like take a shot at the teachers union because they're. Teachers are afraid about going into the classroom right now. So suddenly you're going to, like, use the kids of Chicago and the inequities of the city of Chicago as, like, an excuse to force teachers to go back to the classroom. You're going to get plenty of time to deal with that in the 100 years before this, and you're going to have plenty of time to deal with it in the 100 years after that. And I'll believe that this is all about equity and uh, eradicating inequity when I see the dedication the dedication shown in future budgets. Yeah, I believe it when I see it. I just think, forget, just let's think of the first year of Lori Lightfoot's tenure. One, went to court to preserve the Lincoln Yard TIF deal. 
That's $1.3 billion out the window. That's money that could have gone to obliterate the inequities that plague our system. You know, two, tell teachers, shut up and go back to the classroom. Don't worry about nurses. You know, that's money that could have gone to uh, obliterate the inequities. And finally, missing an action for the fair tax. Nowhere to be found for the fair tax, which would a big step toward helping schools with the funding. Now, J.B. Pritzker's got to deal with the, the fallout. He's going to have to raise taxes on everybody because he couldn't get the fair tax passed, and he couldn't get the fair tax passed because many public officials, including our very own Lori Lightfoot, were nowhere to be found in that fight. So I just find it interesting when the leaders of Chicago, I remember Rom did the same thing. She's just taking a page from Rom. Rom did the same thing when he closed the schools. It's all about... <laughs> It's all about taking care of inequities and helping poor black kids and poor black communities. We're going to help them by closing their schools. We're going to help them now by sending them <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic. Get back in that classroom. I don't know. I, listen, I hope the pandemic ends soon, D. And then I hope that this commitment that I've seen not just expressed by Lori Light, but by her supporters at the Chicago Sun-Times, the Chicago Tribune, and Corporate Chicago continues, D. I don't know if we're going to get through these six things, man. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, this stuff fires me up, man. <laughs> and you did raise an interesting question. Uh, in your opinion, did Lori Lightfoot vote yes for the fair tax? Oh, wow. Phyllis is calling. Wow, what a coincidence. <laughs> oh, right wow. when we were talking about it. Phyllis, look, I have told you a million times... Oh, oh, Phyllis. Uh, D, Phyllis thinks I'm really mean to Lori Lightfoot. I like her. All right, Phyllis, calm down. Phyllis is going to have lunch with uh, John Canizero later in the day from the Fraternal Order of Police and Big Boy, Aaron Bailey, the three of them. No masks required. Uh. All right, we got more clips. Let's get through it here. No, uh, I, don't, I, think, I think she voted no. I actually do think she voted no. Wow. Yes. Live stream chat. What do you think? Lori Lightfoot. Did she vote yes or no on the fair tax? Okay. More from her CPS briefing this morning. CPS has worked diligently to provide the best possible remote learning experience and allow our children to continue their studies, even in the midst of a pandemic. The fact of the matter is, however, that it is not sustainable, not over the long term because it does not serve every student equally, especially those students who are younger, who require additional help and supports, or simply don't have access to a sustainable learning environment for whatever their circumstances are. I would urge, I would urge people of goodwill who care about this issue, particularly other elected officials, to do two things. Number one, to actually physically go into schools in your wards, in your districts. Why is that important? It's important because, one, you need to be present. You need that information to be able to make your own assessments. And you will show support for the workers in these schools who have been there all year making sure that those buildings are safe and operational. 
They have made tremendous sacrifices that we need to recognize. And it will give you the opportunity to see firsthand, not through some talking points sent through an email, but to see firsthand what work has been done by people who have made a lot of effort and gone the extra mile to make sure that those buildings that have been opened, by the way, since last March, all summer long, all fall, fall long, to make them safe and welcoming for our teachers, our staff, and importantly, for our students. Wow. By the way, I urge everybody to listen to JT. Uh, Jeanette Taylor, it's almost like she has a point-by-point uh, rebuttal to all this stuff. And I'll just, I'll just let that go, and I'll just say this. It, sometimes the mixed messages are just overwhelming. I'm a, I'm a big user of libraries. I go to libraries all the time, uh, both in Chicago and at Evanston. And there are all kinds of restrictions in libraries right now. So, you know what I mean? Like they limit the number of people who can go in the library at any time. Before you go in the library, they got to You got to take uh, they take your temperature. You got to wear a mask in the library. You can only go one way in the stacks. You can't go two ways when you're in the stacks. Uh, you, you only you're limited to an hour in the libraries. They move the chairs so you can't sit in the libraries. You can't uh, hand the book. You can't hold the book. Excuse me. The uh, the clerk who checks out the books can't touch the book. So all these restrictions in libraries, but oh, suddenly when it comes to schools, forget the pandemic, it's safe. And by the way, those workers who were there during the last six or so months or however it's been, they, they didn't do it willingly. It was one of those, get back there now. I mean, those, those clerks, they were forced back. So I just like, D, it's, it's astounding. It's weird. You know, it's just. It's and you would think of all people, Governor Pritzker would just step in and go, all right, guys, uh, what the hell are we doing here? You know what I mean? Why hasn't that happened yet? That is a great question. <laughs> where's where's old boy at? Where's Pritzker yeah. at on this? It, that's, and Pritzker and Lori Lightfoot and the strange little dance they do on the pandemic, you know, where she's. Like supports them, but then undermines them, and then supports them, and then eh, does her own thing. Uh, and he wants to look, make it seem like they're they're just happy as can be, and they're totally in alliance with one another, even though behind the scenes <laughs> they're like cursing each other out. You're right. He's going to stay out of. He's not going to get involved in this one at all. All right. Well, if the if the mayor wants to send kids back to schools. <laughs> While telling, can't have Thanksgiving dinner with your grandma, but go back to school. Oh, and public officials. Yeah, you go to the classrooms, too. That'll be great. Because you go wander around the school. (laughs) This madness, utter madness. You know, all of a sudden, in the middle of a pandemic, they decide, oh, we're going to deal with inequity. Okay. As soon as the pandemic's over, they're going to stop wanting to deal with inequity, Right. I would have loved this dealing with inequity when they were approving the Lincoln Yard TIF. That would have been nice. Or when Mayor Lori Lightfoot sent her lawyers in the court to, to uphold that. I would have loved the concern for inequity. By the way, remember when the, they, they had the whole thing with the computers? 
Remember that one where that she brought in like the rich guys that were going to help out. They always bring in some rich guy. He's so great. Let's let's thank him. I think it was Kenny G, as, as I recall. Oh, he's really going to help us out because he cares about us. Because if you follow him close enough, maybe a few dollars will drop out of his pocket. (laughs) He sits in the sofa, and then when he leaves, you pick up the sofa. There's all these quarters there. Wow, thank you, Kenny G. Remember that? And then it turned out like, well, they maybe in four years get get the Wi-Fi to work. Four years? But no, get in that classroom. By the way, my friend that I've been talking about still is not heard. She's pregnant. Still has not heard. This is our, this our system. Really, we're hard at work. So efficient. Still haven't gotten back. We'll get back to you in a little while. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Very, very weird, the dynamics. You're right, between Pritzker and Lightfoot. Lightfoot and the CTU. I mean, maybe it's more proof that uh, Lightfoot didn't vote for that fair tax. Just saying. <laughs> Yeah, you may be right, D. I'm, I'm going with the no. You know, I mean, I have to. She certainly didn't push for it. Now, it's true. She did not attend today's uh, breakfast meeting between Phyllis, John Canizera, and Darren Bailey. Yeah, it wasn't a, that's a, a breakfast meeting that exists only in my fantasy. But if if MAGA can make stuff up about the election, how come I can't make stuff up about this non-existent breakfast meeting? Just saying. Oh. Well, we have a quote from J.B. Pritzker on the mayor. The enemy is you. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we don't know if she didn't vote for the fair tax or not. Quit jumping to conclusions, Governor. Okay, well, let's do one more clip here from the uh, press briefing uh, in the local news here. Hang tight. Here it is. The other thing I would say is this. What? The other thing that's important okay. for you to do is actually see what's happening on remote learning. I have... In some instances, it works quite well, but in many others, it does not. Is that the clip? Yeah, that's it. Remote learning sucks. (laughs) Yes, it does. Oh, my God, it sucks. It's like everything else in this freaking pandemic. You know what else sucks? This pandemic. Yeah. You know what else sucks? You can't go to your local restaurants and bars. You know what else sucks? I can't see my kids. I can't get in an airplane. We're in the middle of a pandemic. I, I mean, yeah, remote learning. Data system was the first to break the news to me. Listen, I, I, I've done Zoom meetings, so I realized how bad it would be to have to get a uh, class uh, education out of one. But Dennis was the one. Who, what was it? When did you go back to Alton and saw your uh, nieces and nephews? Doing I was uh, right there in the beginning of the school year, uh, like September, October-ish around there. Yeah. He called me. I remember we were talking on the phone. He goes, oh, my God, you, you won't believe how ridiculous this is. I could just imagine. I just absolutely imagine. It's horrible. The whole thing is, is horrible. So, you know, and by the way, I right now, the I think it's like 70% of parents say they're not going to send their kids back to a classroom. I forget what the exact number is. So they can't force the parents to go back to send their kids back. Lord Lightfoot's not going that far. I will take your car if you don't put your kid in that classroom. No, she's not doing that. They're just saying the teachers have to go back. All right. So that means that parents who uh, don't send their kids are still relying on remote learning. 
So this 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 thing is so so a teacher will be doing remote learning at the same time she does in class learning. I'm not quite sure how that's going to work. You know, I don't know how uh, having your attention divided between in class and remote is going uh, is going to work. I don't think they've thought that through. Oh, I find myself talking like Barack Obama. Uh, <laughs> every now and then, I just it just overcomes me. It's they haven't thought it through. Uh, my good friend Laurie Lightfoot. Uh, so I, I don't know, but you know what's what what matters is that a message be sent to the Chicago Teachers Union, and that message is this: We run this city. You work for us. That's the message. That's the message that has to be said, D. And don't you forget it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, a lot more messages from Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot at her press briefing this morning, but we're going to pause it right there. We got three more clips to play, and we're going to do that after our interview with Romana Hussein and the Romana Rundown. Uh, we'll save it for the back half. <laughs> What's so funny? I'm just doing funny things. I can see myself in this. This it's not Zoom, it's Google Meet, and I'm just having fun. Oh, all right, all right. I'm not looking at the camera here. Okay, now I'm looking. What are you doing? What is it you're doing? I like this. Oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> just doing weird stuff. Whatever. Looked a little weird dirty. Looked a little dirty. Okay. All right, it wasn't dirty. Get your mind out of the gutter. All right. Now Thursday on the program, we read the thoughts and comments from our elected leaders in Illinois. Comments on when Trump supporters stormed the Capitol on Wednesday. We heard from quite a few people. We heard from Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. Face coverings. We heard from Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. And yes, we even heard from the downstate hog farmer slash politician himself, Darren Bailey. I have absolutely no commentary. There's nothing to be said. Uh, what is, uh, what's being broadcast on the airwaves is enough. We have no idea of knowing if, uh, you know, what part uh, these people who have stormed the Capitol, uh, you know, where they stand or who they are. We don't know. But what we do know is our nation is under assault, and it's been there before, and God will rescue us. Okay, Darren. We even heard from the Chicago Fraternal Order of Police President John Catanzara and his thoughts on what went down. For those who may not know, John Catanzara is of the Donald Trump persuasion, even after all hell broke loose at the Capitol. We read his comments yesterday, and we have more. A lot more. But Ben, in one word, how would you describe what we heard thus far from Catanzara when he said that there was, quote, no arson, there was no burning of anything, there was no looting, there was very little disruption or destruction of property? What were your thoughts again, Ben? Uh, well, uh, first of all, I think he's correct. There was no looting, uh, no burning. I don't believe there was any arson. So I think that would be accurate. So uh, as far as everything else, uh, <laughs> I think he's wrong. I don't think he would be nearly as tolerant, let's say, uh, if it were protesters daring to desecrate a Columbus statue. You know what I'm saying, Nate? Now, I don't recall the Columbus statues uh, being really damaged, but just the fact that demonstrators would go near the Columbus statues, like breathe on them. How dare they? Uh, so, yeah, he's got an interesting uh, double standard, Johnny Canizera does, uh, about um, statues versus the Capitol, which was overcome, forcing uh, congressmen 
and senators to go into hiding. And by the way, I'm, I can't believe he's so indifferent to that mob chasing the, the Capitol cop, the security guard or the police, or as Capitol policeman, which is truly one of the scarier elements of that. Remember that, D? Chasing the guy up the stairs? It's funny, he's got nothing to say about that. So interesting tolerance for lawlessness from the law and order head of the Fraternal Order of Police. Well, we have more. Uh, it got worse. Uh, thanks to WBEZ, they had an interview with Kat and Zara. Uh, I have the quotes here. Sorry, guys. No Kat and Zara audio. I know you're all bummed out. Uh, I have the quotes, and Ben, you just weigh in here. Uh, so the interview went on, and Kat and Zara continued saying, quote, I don't have any doubt that something shady happened in this election. You're not going to convince me that many people voted for Joe Biden. Uh, never for the rest of my life will you ever Ever convince me of that. But again, it still comes down to proof. Evidence matters. Until that appears, shame on them for what they did. But it was out of frustration. There's no fights. There's no obviously violence in this crowd. They pushed past the security and made their way to the Senate chamber. Did they destroy anything when they were there? No. If the worst crime here is trespassing, so be it. But to call these people treasonous is beyond ridiculous and ignorant. Katanzara said he himself, quote, wouldn't have partaken in it, uh, the capital assault, that is, but he kept defending those who did. He said, quote, they're individuals. They get to do what they want. Again, they were voicing frustration. They're entitled to voice their frustration. They clearly have been ignored, and they're still being ignored as if they're lunatics and treasonous now, which is beyond on stupid. It's a whole side of the argument, and primarily your profession is at the root of it, Katanzara said, referring to the news media, basically championing Joe Biden the whole time. And we'll... <laughs> And we'll end it there. Sorry, man. We'll end it there because we've had breaking news since I wrote and prepared all of these quotes. Oh. Kat and Zara has apologized. Oh, you're kidding. No, no. Yeah. I guess he realized that he doesn't uh, work in Hazard County, but in fact, Chicago, and literally everyone that's above his job title uh, job title vehemently disagrees with him. But uh, first, we need to unpack one more thing before we get to Kat and Zara's apology, all right? Like I said, a lot of news went down uh, here today. Uh, ben, we did leave one elected leader out of our list of quotes and responses yesterday, uh, and it's Cook County State's Attorney, Kim Fox. She's had a bit to say in regards to Wednesday's events, and she managed to throw in a few digs at no one's favorite, John Catanzara. And the following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Rachel Hinton. The headline reads, Fox sees links between mob action at U.S. Capitol and demonstrations outside her office in 2019. The second-term prosecutor said she was shocked by some of the images from the break-in in the nation's capital, such as one of a man carrying a Confederate flag. But she didn't feel the same shock many felt while watching the news. To understand what happened in the nation's capital this week, Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox suggest people look to a rally held outside her office nearly two years ago. Ben, help us out. What happened outside her office two years oh, ago again? We, we, we talked about the... We, we talked about that a lot. We were back in the uh, the Sun-Times little studio. That was a big deal yeah. uh, in our early days of our uh, podcast. And that, of course, was the insurrection in Chicago. Uh, police people, law enforcement uh, police chief of police from outside of Chicago. This all relates to Smollett Gate. Remember, D? Smollett Gate was the greatest threat to uh, law and order 
Uh, how dare, how dare, look, I'm not going to defend Kim Fox for taking a phone call from someone related to uh, Justice Millett, but we can, I think we can all agree that was way blown out of proportion. And it's so interesting. One of the people who say it was such a threat to law and order is the same John Canizera, who doesn't seem to be threatened at all when people overrun the Capitol. Smashing windows. They took down the American flag. They put up a Trump flag, walking around with their Confederate flags in the air, chasing security guards around, you know, with bombs and stuff. Ramon is oh, so fired up about this. So it's just... You know, I've I've been thinking a lot about this, D. Just, and I know it'll never happen. I mean, I just know it'll never happen. But everybody in this town that was so self-righteous in anger about Smollettgate, and I'm talking about you, Chicago Tribune editorial board, Johnny Cass, just so self-righteous about that whole thing. And look the other way. Years and years of Donald Trump and Donald Trump inciting a mob and just making stuff up. Like everybody held Kim Fox to every statement she made, analyzing, dissecting it. How much is accurate? What's inaccurate? You know, like this was the most important thing in the world. And Donald Trump, he lies. He makes stuff up all the time. Oh, well, that's just Donald Trump. Why do they just ignore it? You know, Donald Trump, I still haven't seen that tribute editorial about Donald Trump's taxes. Talk about out and out lies. I just think, D, everything that Donald Trump has done since the election, calling up officials in Michigan, calling up officials uh, in Georgia, trying to intimidate them into uh, making stuff up about the election. So Johnny Canizera, that's a police officer, believes something. It's like he believes in something because he wants to believe in it. He may, oh yeah, there's no evidence, but I still believe in it. I just can't believe what? My guy lost? So he, but when it came to Kim Fox, they had to ex- dissect each little individual piece of evidence. So yeah, D, I see a, uh, a direct correlation, direct double standard. It's really hard to take seriously. The people who criticize the Kim Fox, criticize Michael Madigan, you know, criticize the Democratic Party, criticize J.B. Pritzker when they look the other way and never say boo about Donald Trump. Just saying, D. All right. Kim Fox did uh, give us her thoughts on what went down Wednesday. She dropped a video of her response on YouTube. I have some of that audio. Like to hear it? Here it go. I would say that it is almost a privilege to be shocked by what we saw yesterday. Shocked that in the United States, there are those who cling to white supremacy so strongly and so fervently that they would engage in the exercise that they did. I'm not shocked because even here in Chicago, I've seen it firsthand. On April 1st, 2019, four white nationalist groups gathered with members of an organization I had never heard of at the time called QAnon to attend a march that was organized by the head of the Fraternal Order of Police that was attended by the current head of the Fraternal Order of Police. And at that event, with members of the Proud Boys and others, racist rhetoric, horrifying things that were said, not just about me, 
but about Laquan McDonald, about the movement for black lives, was a shock to the system. I know firsthand what that hate looked like. I didn't know who QAnon was then. I see the pictures now of John Catanzara posing with them. I was unfamiliar with the Proud Boys until the Sun-Times ran an article about their hateful ways. I couldn't for the life of me understand why white nationalist groups would feel comfortable in the company of those who were protesting a decision by my office. But I saw firsthand here in Cook County in Chicago what was possible when those who believe that their institutions are occupied by those who they don't think belong rise up and stand together. This is America. That's a very powerful statement by her. And uh, yeah, I think that I've said this before. Chicago police officers, they're operating in a city that's integrated, to put it mildly. And to elect as their president of their union, somebody uh, who stands with the Proud Boys, racist groups, it's like, I don't know. You, I really feel like one more, another group should be looking in the mirror at this moment. And she's absolutely right. It's scary. I mean, it's a, for John Canizera just to blithely dismiss what went down on Wednesday, just dismiss it. Ah, it's just like a bunch of guys having fun. And by the way, as I love to point out, it completely contradicts the narrative that Darren Bailey the state senator from downstate Illinois is putting out, which is we don't know who was involved. It's suggesting that it may not be right-wing Trump supporters. It may not be MAGA people. It may not be the Proud Boys. It may be what? Lefties infiltrating them, trying to make them look bad. That's I have absolutely I said, yeah. no commentary. There's nothing to be said. Oh, Darren. Yeah. That's why I said, guys, get your little story together. It's either one or the other. It's either just a bunch of good old boys having fun. Like John Catanzaro, I'm surprised he didn't sing. What's that song, D? Girls just like to have fun. Boys just like to have fun. You know, it's either that or, my God, the left wing is making us look bad. They've infiltrated. Antifa has infiltrated us. So it's one or the other. But it is a disturbing trend. It is a scary thing. Confederate flag, uh, anti-Semitic shirts. You know, it's it's frightening stuff. And for uh, the head of the Fraternal Order of Police to just blithely dismiss it like it's nothing, like it's a walk in a park, does not make me feel very secure in Chicago. Okay, like I said here, Catanzara has apologized, so let's read the apology from Catanzara, the president of the Chicago Fraternal Order of Police. In a statement posted to Facebook... Friday, John Catanzara, president of the Fraternal Order of Police, Lodge 7, said, As your president, I showed a lapse in judgment during an interview. For that, I am sorry. 
I brought negative attention to our lodge, the FOP family, and law enforcement in general. I was in no way condoning the violence in D.C. yesterday. My statements were poorly worded. I certainly would never justify any attacks on citizens, democracy, or law enforcement. After seeing more video and the full aftermath, my comments would have been different. Cat and Zara's, this comes from uh, the Chicago Sun-Times and Sam Charles. Cat and Zara's about face came after he and the union were the subjects of backlash prompted by comments Cat and Zara made during an interview with WBEZ on Wednesday. So we got the apology, Ben. Wow. Thanks for nothing. Comment posted on Facebook. Nah, I mean, it, it's, more, it's more like he's sorry that he uh, made the union look bad. <laughs> for what he said, you know, oh, and then the, the, the thing, I'm just thinking about it. Like, oh, I had to study it more. <laughs> it's sort of like Lori Lightfoot's apology. Now that I think about it for Anjanette, you remember, I didn't see the video. Remember Anjanette Young when the first thing happened? I didn't see the video. I didn't ever heard of it till now. And I will have no further comment. And then, you know, oh, hell breaks loose. <laughs> she starts apologizing. That's where we're at right now. You know, Canizera, uh, like what you you had a, you commented at such length you you seemed to know what was going down you, you knew that there was no arson you know you had comments about the specific actions that took place what what did you see on Thursday that you hadn't seen on Wednesday that compelled you to issue this statement today I don't think you saw anything new. I think you just realized <laughs> that the shit had hit the fan and you had to do something. You had to say something. And by, so why don't you go back on the air? You know, when you were on the air, you were trashing the media and stuff. Like they did something wrong. So why don't you go back on the media? Why don't you go call your guy at WBEZ and go back and say, you know what? I misspoke or Whatever you want to say. Do I just put a little statement on Facebook? I mean, you made your comments for the whole world to hear. You know? Now what? Just a little statement on Facebook? I don't know, D. It's the age of the apology. That's, that's where we're at. People say do stupid things that profess what they really believe. And then when the shit hits the fan and they're being held accountable, then they figure out what kind of weasel way can I get out, you know, of what I did. And for and usually conservatives are like, I'm not apologizing. You know, this is cancel culture. I don't have to apologize. Yeah, and I'm like, just telling it like it is. And like, dude, why do you live here? Like, that's my whole thing. Like, you must be miserable in this city because, I mean, like every person I know that supports Trump hates Chicago. You know I, what I mean? Well, I, this whole, again, uh, the Fraternal Order Police had two candidates uh, for president in the last election. And uh, it was Canizero's victorious. And each one was outdoing the other one, how much they supported Trump. And I'm just saying as a practical matter, they got nothing for it. It's like MAGA. MAGA got nothing for supporting Donald Trump. Donald Trump said, go to Capitol. I'm going with you. I'm going to join. Just imagine Donald Trump waddling down Pennsylvania Avenue from the White House to Capitol. Man, is not going to do that. He went right back. Probably someone drove him back to the hospital, to the White House, got a Big Mac. I was watching on boob tube, the whole thing. While MAGA is, <laughs> now guys are dumbasses from MAGA are losing their jobs. You know what I mean? <laughs> Getting fired because they were so stupid as to do what Donald Trump told them. Michael Cohen warned you guys. 
Nothing good would happen to you if you fell in bed, went to bed with Donald Trump. He warned you and you didn't listen to him. So, uh, you know, what do we get out of Chicago? Did Donald Trump give us money for to help pay our bills? Nope. Did he give us money to help with police pensions? Nope. Did he give us money to hire, like, more police cars, more equipment? Nope. You got nothing. You just got used by Donald Trump. Now you have this little feeble apology. And shout out to Kyle on the live stream chat. Boy, his statement really does put a nice into it. Kyle says, you know, I would rather have an apology from WBEZ for wanting to interview this guy in the first yeah. place. <laughs> that is correct. That is so true. So there it is, guys, our local news. Uh, like I said, we're going to play the rest of Lori Lightfoot's press conference about the CPS after our interview with Ramana Hussein. Also, the latest update on Mary Hitler. I mean, Mary Miller. We're going to be talking about that oh, as well. Uh, so don't, don't wow. go anywhere, everybody. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show. We are live from my apartment and Ben's attic. Face cover. 